0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another PPP. Jack caught the blitz ball that I threw to him because he's great at multitasking. When are we going to get you a camera? We need to get you like a little BBD camera in the corner. Yeah, I guess. Jack did really well in the Mario Kart tournament last night. It might already be out by the time this episode gets out. So people may already know of his legend.
1: I mean, it will be forever locked into history right. on how dominant he was. Yeah. It was a very impressive performance, I have to admit. So, good shout-out. But we are moving on to the PPPs of Mr. Eduardo Escobar.
0: Oh, I that nailed that, by That the was way. a good one. I was a little
1: nervous, like, right before, because, you know, like, 80% good, 20% bad on rolling your R. I nailed it. I mean, when it's the a pressure's risky play. On, when the pressure's on.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say that I look, like Eduardo Escobar on Twitter. I don't know how valid I that is. I don't
1: see it. Do you, Jack? What do you think?
0: You could have backed me up like a little bit,
1: Jack. said, I don't. You could have been like I.
0: Uh, I kind of see it. But is that went, a bad thing you that, fl-
1: that you don't?
0: That I don't look like a big league player? Yeah, I'd say so. You, you, don't you look wanna.
1: like John Carlos Stanton.
0: That's fair. We're kind of we're we're much more different though. I feel like you know.
1: I don't. Anyway, <laughs> <You didn't back laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't see it. It's I don't see it. right, know. other people do. Anyway, Eduardo Escobar.
0: Pretty good ball player, yes. if I do say so myself. Um,
1: this was a lockout. We got him pretty early in the offseason, pre-lockout. Yeah. Um, You were super excited about the signing.
0: Very excited. Why? Uh, well, I first want to say that I feel like this signing has been underappreciated because the trio of signings that came all together in Escobar, Canna, and Marte. Canna was the one that I called and I was very happy to see, but Eduardo Escobar was, like, such a pleasant surprise. He had yep. a very, very good 2019 season. Uh, for a team that was pretty forgettable uh, in the Diamondbacks. He led the league in triples with 10, 35 home runs, a 111 OPS plus. Very quietly, a super productive hitter for that team. He was an all-star last year. We'll talk about his last year soon. But Eduardo Escobar on a two-year, $20 million deal is a very good get for the Mets.
1: I agree. Um, I feel like he's going to fill a slot. He's going to be more of a regular at third base. But think... Jonathan VR, like yeah. a middle infielder, can play the corner. He'll play third base for us. Switch hitter, lots of power. Um, he's fast, but he doesn't steal bases. That kind of player. Uh, I'm excited to have him on the team. Like I said, he's a switch hitter, uh, so having him bat from the left side in our lineup, which is very right-handed heavy, uh, is, is a necessity, and uh, we're happy to have him in the back end. It'd probably be like 6-7 to start the year yeah. in the lineup. I definitely um, think so. But I think it's a good addition. I think it was a good sign.
0: Yeah, we're sorely missing uh, power from the left-hand side of the plate. I still think we could use more, but having Eduardo Escobar definitely helps the problem a lot. And like we said, versatility is very important, uh, not only on any big league roster, but especially in the Mets one, who is uh, very right-handed heavy, and also not a lot of positions to go around defensively. Eduardo Escobar can also play a little bit of second uh, second base. He's played a little bit of shortstop. He is probably going to be the third baseman for the Mets this year, but still... He brings a lot of options to the table and on a very cheap contract, considering what he's done in the past, I'm very excited to see him in the blue and orange uh, next year. Let's talk about what he did in 2021 though.
1: All right, let's take a look. 2021. He uh, 146 game played, 600 played appearances. He hit 250, 3,10 on base, or 3,14 on base, 475 slugging. More importantly, he had a 109 OPS plus. Yep, In the traditional sense, he had 28 homers and 90 RBI. That is a tremendous amount of power and production.
0: He would have safely been the second-best hitter on the Mets last year. Is that safe to say?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, outside of Alonso?
0: Yeah, I mean, if Nemo plays a full year, maybe. But outside of Alonso, it would have been Eduardo Escobar. So you're already getting so much better offensively with this guy who's been so consistent. For the past three or four years, just slotting them into the middle of your lineup here.
1: Yeah. And uh, luckily for him, like he's coming into a well established list of big league lineup guys, and he'll be able to push back and he'll be a, able to be a little bit more flexible with uh, how he attacks the zone, that kind of thing. So um, he, he's going to be fun to watch. He's, a, he's an exciting player. Like I said, he's fast. He can get those triples. 10 triples would be uh, Jose Reyes esque. That'd That's be fun. fun. To, that'd be fun to watch. Um, to push around some of the guys that are on base in front of him. I don't think he's going to have quite as many RBI opportunities mm-hmm. because of Alonso in front of him. Uh, that's kind of a, a big RBI guy. But, again, he's a very good, very productive hitter uh, who we're getting at a cheap you know, two-year, two-year option.
0: And there's two things that I love about this signing, especially other than everything else we've already discussed. One is that uh, I heard from our, our good friend and our Minnesota source, Trevor Plouffe, that Eduardo Escobar is a fantastic clubhouse presence. He's beloved pretty much everywhere he goes, and that's something that the Mets need in their clubhouse right now. We've heard of sort of the dysfunction that went on in 2021, and you need clubhouse leaders, but also clubhouse morale boosters. And I think Eduardo Escobar can be both of those things for the Mets.
1: Yeah, Trev had nothing but kind things to say about him. Um, A guy that's been around the league that has nothing but friendships to to show for it shows you that he's just a good, kind-hearted human being and that he can be uh, a plus to have around you know, for six, seven months at a time.
0: I agree. And the other thing that I like is that we had a lot of inconsistencies and injuries from a lot of our Mets last year on and off the field. Eduardo Escobar, you see what you get here. In the first half of 2021, 254 batting average, 301 on base, 483 slugging. That's good for a 785 OPS. In the second half of 2021, 252 batting average, 332 on base, 454 slugging. That's good for a 786 OPS. His OPS was one point apart in both halves. He played the whole season, and he was steady, productive the entire season, which I love. Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie. We I coined mean, it.
1: Yeah, we talked about that in some of our other PPPs, uh, especially with the Taiwan Walker, where you you talk about first half, second half, home, away splits. As long as you can be consistent, you're a manager's dream.
0: Yeah, he's not the impact middle of the lineup bat that we've been sorely uh, looking for and missing here, but he's definitely a complement to the other additions that we've gotten. Mark Cannon was our on guy. Stalling Marte infuses a lot of speed into the lineup, and Eddie Escobar has a lot of sneaky pop that he brings into the lineup. That's why the trio of signings, they complement each other so well, because they all achieve different things, and they all enhance the Mets lineup in different ways
1: starting in 2017 and ignoring 2020 because it was a shortened season sure if you can call a guy with 21 home runs 23 35 and 28 home runs not your impact bat that you were looking for i think uh signs that your team excuse me signs that your team is really good is is written all over the place yeah
0: exactly 111 home runs since 2017 385 rbis 14 stolen bases just sprinkled in there and he's been six ticks above average with a 106 OPS plus. Let's talk about what we think he might do next year, because there is a lot of interesting peripherals that come with Eduardo Escobar at City Field that I definitely want to get into. But let's talk about his 2022 steamer first off.
1: That sounds good. So he's projected to play in 138 games, have 566 played appearances, 22 home runs, uh, and he uh, looks to hit 241, which is a tick low, a 302 on base percentage, which is really low, mm. and a slugging of 430, which is also all underneath his um, career productive production, but that might be due to age, whatever the case may be. So,
0: Yeah, I don't know how much I buy into that steamer because I feel like the one thing I get from Eduardo Escobar looking at his stat line is consistency. I feel like we're, we get the same version of him every year. It doesn't look like he's going to be too old. He's going to be 33 this
1: year. Yeah, he's going to be 33 this year, which is definitely older. Um, I'm not sure what their projection's going into, but he's been nothing but productive and at a higher level than that, so I think it's safe to say that both you and I believe that he'll be better than that production.
0: Yeah, and there's also, we mentioned a lot about the Mets' depth here. There's a lot of options and ways to conserve him uh, entering this H33 season. You have J.D. Davis, who isn't strong at third base, but can play the position for sure. You can move Eddie to second base, or you can have Robinson Cano maybe step in at third base. Luis Guillorme plays everywhere. So Eduardo Escobar doesn't need to be this everyday guy. He can also DH. He's done that in the past. And he's more of a, a bat-focused guy than a defense-focused guy. That being said, his glove is still pretty serviceable out there. I feel comfortable with him at the hot corner for sure.
1: Absolutely. I haven't uh, watched a ton of him play defensively, but all the numbers say that he's, he's solid over there. And, that's again, that's really what you want is a guy that can make all the plays that you want him to make, even make a couple that, that you didn't think he could. But, uh, again, just, just make the – like with our pitching staff, If you just make the plays that you're supposed to make, uh, things will end up tipping towards our favor.
0: I agree. And uh, baseball savant has this really fun uh, stat that I've just got the hang of a little bit called expected home runs per stadium. So basically what it does is it takes a player's home games and measures the home runs hit in home games and translates them to every single ballpark. Obviously, every uh, ball player has 81 games at their home ballpark. If Eddie Escobar had played all of his home games at City Field last year instead of Uh, Chase Field, and in Miller Park, because he played for Milwaukee, his home run total would have jumped from 28 to 38 home runs, which would have completely changed, one, the outlook on his 2021 season, and two, probably how much money he would have gotten for the agency as well. We're talking about a near 40 home run hitter hitting the market in his age 33 season.
1: I think it's wild to me that City Field would add 10, considering he played at Miller Park in Arizona, which are both launching pads. It's
0: because he pulls to corners pretty heavily, and he's a switch hitter.
1: Well, then there's the answer that I needed. Look, info, jolly drop of knowledge, that's what we're here for. It's a
0: research pod, guys. So he's a pull hitter,
1: whether he's hitting left-handed or right-handed when he's hitting for power. Okay,
0: And that's another thing about Eddie, is that his splits between hitting lefty and righty are pretty serviceable. I think that he's not one of these guys that would benefit from just picking one side of the plate. He's been switching forever, and it's something he's very used to. But the thing that I find interesting is that the other places that he would have jumped his home run total are the things you expect, like Wrigley Field, Great American Ballpark, uh, Camden Yards. Those are the three ballparks where he, he would have approached 40 home runs. And then City Field is just lumped in there too. So I think the Mets definitely had that in mind. I know we, we've uh, enhanced our analytical department a little bit there. So that's something that they probably kept in mind. His numbers at City Field in his career are not great, but that's <laughs> kind of, you take it with a grain of salt because comes from all different series and all different years and all, all and different he's only teams. got
1: 37 plate
0: appearances 37 so. plate appearances the numbers are not good we don't have to read them off only one home run in that span but at the same time I'm dying to see Eduardo Escobar get a full season uh, in Queens and see what he's capable of but there's a lot of uh, questions that come with Eduardo Escobar as well like how is he going to be used is he going to be an everyday starter with the crowded infield is he going to play more third than second the Mets have a lot of options on their hands here
1: yeah, yeah. And so um, I think he's going to be uh, a great contributor to this team, to this lineup with uh, World Series aspirations. I think it was a great sign. He was a 32-year-old first-time All-Star last year.
0: And the other thing that I find pretty interesting about Eduardo Escobar, in addition to where he might play, uh, is where he might bat, too. Because the Mets have this uh, new infusion of talent into their lineup, and I think there's going to be a calibration period where we figure out who slots in best where. I think there are some obvious ones, like, Alonzo batting fourth, Lindor batting third, Nemo in the leadoff spot. But Eduardo Escobar is a guy I could envision in the two-hole, in the five-hole, even at the lower end of the lineup, depending on who else we acquire. But he just seems like a team player, and I'm really excited to have him here.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's it. He's a ball player, man. He'll do whatever and whenever the team needs him to do anything, he'll be out there. Um, I think he'll be a happy guy whether he's batting second or eighth. Yep. Um, we have some versatility here. You talked about playing all over the field batting all over the lineup. I think this team is designed, and that's what Buck Buck Showalter will come in and do. It's designed to be versatile, and so Buck is going to do everything he can and that whole coaching staff to put these guys in their their best position to be successful, and ultimately that'll help the team.
0: I also find it really interesting that uh, in the past three full seasons that Eddie has played, he's played in over 145 games. He's been primarily a starter. I do think he'll be primarily a starter with the Mets, but in his uh, Minnesota years, you see more numbers akin to like 127 games, 105 games, 129, and that's because he was more of a role player. He bounced around the field. They had Jorge Polanco and Brian Dozier, so the infield was kind of crowded in that space. But Eduardo Escobar has been great in both of these roles. He's proven that he can be both a starter and a guy that comes off as a utility player. So, I mean, that's a, just another facet to his versatility.
1: Yeah, I think uh, when he was, he spent his time in Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, the second half of yeah, 2021.
1: Yeah, they really just kind of said, we're going to let you do whatever you can do. And, and I think it even invigorated him. Yeah. It, it sparked some life into his game. And he was really enjoying kind of bouncing all over the place and, and just being this, this spark plug for a team. Uh, and our offense definitely needed a spark, um, a fire, stoke an entire fire, whatever, forest fire. We needed something <laughs> last year. Uh, and we, we've brought in some key pieces, and like you said, I think this one went underappreciated mm-hmm. um, you know, with the other signees, especially when Scherzer came down. So this is nice to get a look back at uh, one of the underappreciated signings. So I'm super excited to have him be a member of the Mets. I think the Mets fans will really enjoy having him
0: look – smiling around, running around the field at Citi Field. Exactly. The last thing I want to point out is that he's uh, been a doubles machine in the past, which I feel like is another thing we've been missing. We didn't slug a lot last year. We didn't hit a lot of home runs other than a lot of solo shots. Eduardo Escobar had 48 doubles in 151 games in 2018, and the numbers have been pretty consistent every year, 29 in 2019, 26 last year. So not only is he going to give you 20 bombs, he's going to give you 25, maybe 30 doubles on top of that. And you can always rely on him for what's his career average? A 436 slugging percentage. So something upwards of the mid 400s there. You take that to the bank if you're the Mets. Absolutely.
1: For sure. uh, that's one of those things where uh, doubles turn into home runs. And that's where he's at in his career, where he still, he's still getting his doubles. But some of that power is translated into the higher home run totals. So we're getting him in a great point in his career, I believe. And, and I think he's still uh, going to be a highly valuable uh, member of this team.
0: Is it over-undertime? I believe it's over-undertime. I think I'll go first today. I would love you to go first. I've been letting you go first a lot. i got to step in here. All right, mine's pretty straightforward. It's an important one to the Mets lineup. It's important to our team slugging percentage. It's the amount of home runs that Eduardo Escobar will hit for the Mets in 2022. I brought up the expected home runs before at City Field. He would have jumped to 38, so that's pretty alarming. So I wanted to find a, a nice middle balance here. He had 21 home runs in 2017, 23 in 2018, and then 35 in 2019 and 28 last year. So pretty consistent in that mid-20s, sometimes spiking up to 30s range. I'm going to set my over-under mark at 25 home runs for Eduardo Escobar.
1: I like that bar that you set there, Uh, and I like that you went traditional with home runs. Um, Gosh, I'm going to take the over here, Mm, and I'm going to take the over for a couple of reasons. One is he's done this for the last few seasons. He's been uh, absolutely stellar home run hitter. And you talked about the the ballpark factor. I don't understand how the city field would help, but who knows? Uh, They know more than I do in that that sense. But I also think that um, where he's going to hit in the lineup is going to be advantageous for his power because they're going to try to pitch around Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor and uh, Starling Marte, these guys that are a little bit more prolific at the front of the lineup. And I think they're going to have to pitch to, them, to him because he's, yep. they're going to have runners in scoring position. And depending on who's behind him in the lineup, he, I think he's either going to get a lot of pitches to hit or he's going to start uh, smacking these you know balls in the gap. Uh, but I think they're going to translate into homer. So I'm going to take the over.
0: I think I'm going to take the under here, a very cautious under, because I do love the reasoning behind your answer there. I don't know if I believe in the whole City Field thing. I know the numbers don't lie sometimes, but I don't really see how City Field could be a huge improvement to his uh, home run totals. I think they will be an improvement to his but doubles level. But Jolly, total. he pulls the ball. I mean, that's what the scientists are saying, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, we got to lean into it. Um, I, think, I think he'll be a big doubles guy at City okay. Field. I feel like that, that it. plays to his, his advantage a little bit more. But I do love what you said. I think where he bats in the lineup is really going to affect the types of pitches he's going to see, especially because he's going to be you know, the protector of Pete Alonso. At least that's how it stands right now. I think he definitely gets in that 20 range. I'd be shocked if he didn't. But I see him more as a doubles guy next year, and I think that's perfectly fine as well.
1: I'll take 40 doubles. Hell yeah. Give me that. Uh, I, again, doubles sometimes are better than home runs. That sounds counterproductive it and definitely rally, is mathematically. Guys. But a home run will end a rally, whereas the doubles, you keep the guy... Uh, on the mound under pressure. you you keep the line moving. It doesn't slow anything down. There's no break in momentum. You know, there's no stopping that. You can keep the line moving with doubles and, and that's exciting.
0: Definitely agree there. All right, you so I'll me? do
1: I'll do my over under. I'm actually gonna keep it traditional as well. Um I like I, it. I'm gonna use since my computer died, I'm gonna use my phone. Oh, so yeah. I'm not checking my text More here if you're watching at difficulties. home. So at uh this. so his RBI total is what I'm going to use, and um, I'm gonna put that barometer at 70 is the Mm. over-under, and here's why. Here's why I picked 70, is because starting in 2017, when he really started to hit for more power, he had 73 RBI, then he had 84, 118, and 90. So if we put that RBI total at 70, it means he's staying more productive. I think I dropped it down a little bit below that 77 that I think he was projected at. Yep, that's for his Stever. average there. His average was 77. I dropped it below that because I don't think he's going to be in the lineup spot to really truly produce those numbers. So I, I'm going to let you decide over under 70 RBI.
0: I do think the lineup spot is definitely a factor. I think the four or five guys are going to mop up those RBIs. But I do like Eduardo Escobar as the rally continuer that we mentioned before I'm going to take the over. I think he, he even pushes 80 here. I think this is going to be a potent offense. I think it's much more well balanced than last year. And I think it's more well equipped to have those rallies instead of those short bursts of offense that we saw a lot uh, in our big games last year. I think Eduardo Escobar is going to be perfect in the middle of the lineup. He's going to get a lot of runners passed on to him. And he had great runners in scoring position numbers as well. So I'm going to hammer the over here.
1: I, too, am going to take the over. Uh, I wanted to take the under here for a little bit just to be contrarian, but also because I do believe that the guys in front of him are going to scoop up all those RBI. Uh, But I do think that he's going to be a home run hitter, like I stated by your over. Um, And so I think he'll be able to produce his own runs at enough factor to be – The guy averages 77. I think he's above that. You know, he's shown it in the the recent past. So I'm going to take over, over on Eddie Escobar, one of my favorite Mets to watch coming in this season.
0: Dude, me too. So, yeah, you give me 25 doubles, 20 home runs, 80 RBIs, and you got one of the most reliable hitters in the Mets lineup, one of what would have been the best in 2021.
1: towards the back half of the lineup. Which is crazy. That is wild.
0: Get excited, Mets fans! That'll do it for this player profile and projection. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next time with another Mets player. Let's go Mets! Let's go Mets, guys. Jerry's battery's dead. It's sad. I also uh, had a
1: throat issue. Hopefully, that got cut out. But you didn't we see persevere it. here. We persevere.